0: In Your Corner is back. one eight three three. in your corner is the number. Help at inyourcorner.ca as well is the email address. Tons of stuff to get through today, guys. So a reminder as well, Global TV, you will catch In Your Corner Sundays at 8.30 in the morning. So make sure you catch our... Uh Our pretty mugs on television as well. Guys, a lot of emails and questions to get through on the show today, of course, as always. But first week that was. I know, James, you have one to talk about. Savannah, you have like 35, but we'll get to probably four. (laughs) What's going on, Val? Well,
1: you know, John, it's just so hard to choose which ones we should talk about. You know, we deal about, uh, you know, on the show, we deal deal with long-term disability and injury claims. And people just email us and call us with so many questions about their cases. They've been denied unjustly. They've been cut off disability. They don't know what to do. So let me talk about something that I've dealt with this past week. Uh, I had a gentleman, actually his son, contact me. uh, This was last month in in, in February. And he contacted me because his father, who is in his early 60s, was in a car accident and then suffered two strokes and was left uh, very impaired, both cognitively, uh, wasn't able to function properly, as well as physically. And in fact, his son, who lives in London, England, is his power of attorney. Now, the father had been working at a stable job for a long time and had private long-term disability policy. And, you know, because of what's happened and his son, the power of attorney being in London, Mm -hmm. things got missed and the father didn't apply for long-term disability until about a year or a year and change after he was supposed to, after the deadline. And so what happens when they, in fact... Apply, the insurance company writes back saying, Well, you know, you've missed the deadline to apply for long term disability by over a year.
0: Too bad, so sad.
1: It's too bad, so sad. And yeah. we're talking about a lot of money. I mean, he was making, you know, a good chunk of change and, you know, supposed to be getting a lot of money and he's sure. clearly disabled. And so they approached us. And uh, what I did is I got a letter from the family physician, I got a letter from the neuropsychiatrist. These letters really detailed. the the extent of the limitations that this person is now suffering, that he can't function on his own. And here's the reason for the delay, you know, with the son being in London, etc. And I gave the insurance company really two options. The first option was they have to Uh, approve the claim and pay him what he's supposed to get on the policy. And the second option, don't do that. And then we'll start a legal claim against you. And we'll make sure to go after punitive damages, punishment against the insurance company for taking such an action as denying the claim here when they ought not to. And, uh, you know, this past week, I have a conversation with the adjuster, and lo and behold, they have reconsidered their decision, oh, have they? right? And this nice. is with us literally on the doorstep of issuing a legal claim against the insurance company because they understood very clearly that if we go through with this, they're going to have to pay a lot more down the road. Sure. So my client is now going to get close to what's uh, you know the value of the claim, which is close to a hundred thousand nice. dollars tax free, which otherwise just less than thirty days before they we're told you're not owed a cent. Big zero. Now, the insurance company, it's important to understand here, uh, you know took the position that he was late in filing a claim. And I, I can guarantee you, John, there are a ton of people out there, uh, family members who are probably listening right now, friends of people who've been denied these kinds of claims, when the insurance company says, sorry, you're out of time to file a claim with the insurance company, like actually file a claim, an application for LTD. And people think, okay, well, yeah, I'm out of time, so therefore I can't do anything don't take that at face value. Contact us, reach out to us. We'll have a discussion. Literally a few minutes of your time, of our time, will be able to tell you if in fact you have an option here, a legal option to force the insurance company to pay you what you are owed. So don't just give up.
2: Yeah. The reality is the courts take a very permissive stance when they're looking at cases where people have been late in filing a claim, not necessarily in challenging a denial, but in actually filing the initial claim, Uh, Far more often than not, especially if you do it within a reasonable amount of time, the courts are going to apply what's called relief from forfeiture. It's a fancy term, but basically what it means is that as long as the insurance company isn't somehow prejudiced by the fact that you're late in doing this, they're generally going to try and allow you to advance your claim. Now, that doesn't mean don't try and abide by whatever the timelines are in your policy. You should do that because you don't want to have to have the fight if you can avoid it. And certainly, you want to get your benefits sooner than later. But... If you are in a position where you happen to have missed a deadline to file your claim and your insurance company is taking the position that you're not entitled because you missed that deadline, don't take that as a final word because it is not. Give us a call. In far more instances than not, we are going to be able to do something to help you.
0: A lot more to get through here, guys. I uh, want to give out the number again, one eight three three in your corner, help at in your corner. C. And before we break, uh, you know, give me some details, Savannah. We haven't talked about this for a while, and that is my dot com.
1: So that's a free website, John. We get a lot of questions submitted to it. And, and really, it's a resource for people out there. Chances are, if you have a question about your long term disability claim, it's probably been asked before. And if you go on that website, you can do a keyword search mm-hmm. and you'll see the kind of questions that have been asked. Or you could go ahead and post your own question about your long-term disability claim or someone else's that you care about who's struggling with a long-term disability uh, claim or insurance company, and we will answer it within minutes. It's free. It's easy to use. And again, there's no reason not to use it if, in fact, you have a question about your long-term disability.
0: MyDisabilityQuestions.com. Email help at inyourcorner.ca and one eight three three in your corner Taking a short break, right back at it. Lots more of emails and questions on the way. This is In Your Corner. Global News Radio. 1833 in your corner is the number anytime. Get a hold of James, get a hold of Savan, get a hold of the rest of the team at the firm. Help at inyourcorner.ca as well. I know you want to talk about another uh, another case, another week that was Savan. Then we'll, uh, we'll get over to James. What do you got?
1: Yeah, just one more really quick one. And this one actually came just a few days ago. A gentleman contacted us, and, uh, you know, he, he he suffers from a bunch of, of uh, illnesses and impairments uh, because mm-hmm. of car accidents and other issues that he's had. And he was in his late 50s. This was a couple of years ago. He's a truck driver. He was getting, you know, long-term disability payments. And then the insurance company contacts him, his insurance company, and says, we'll pay you X amount of dollars to settle your claim. And they offered him $100,000 and what does he do he accepts the offer and i did the math on how much he would otherwise have been entitled to had yeah. he actually reached age 65 and the reality is that he essentially got a fraction he got about a a third or just just less than a third of what otherwise he would have received if you are in a situation where your insurance company is offering you a lump sum settlement for your long term disability <laughs> claim do not agree to it without getting legal advice. I can't stress that enough. Insurance companies are not simply handing you out a check because, you know, they feel good about you or they like you. They're doing that because they think they're getting a a huge discount here. And, you know, in some instances, if you talk to us, we'll tell you it's a good idea to accept that. In other instances, it may not be a good idea. You have that option but be very careful. So this gentleman contacted us because he actually thought that we would be able to help him undo the settlement. Sorry, we can't do that. You know, people call us and they think that they can argue duress, that they were forced to sign these settlements. That's extremely, extremely difficult to do. And in very, very rare occasions will the courts actually undo a signed settlement. I'm not going to get into the technicalities, but Mm -hmm. again, if you're in that situation, insurance companies offering you a lump sum get legal advice. Do not just simply sign on the dotted line because the check looks shiny. And And and, and, big to them. It might not be. Exactly. Yeah. It may seem big to you, but it could be a fraction of what you're actually owed.
0: What do you think, James? What do you got? Well, I
2: actually want to head back to the first uh, email that Savan was talking about and the gentleman um, who was initially denied because he had missed his uh, limitation period to apply. For the benefits and so that is you know a hard deadline that is set out in the policy and so that can be intimidating and you see that you've missed that and that looks you know very black and white i've yeah. missed this it's in the policy and as we discussed that is something that more often than not in fact we're actually going to be able to help you out with so you can imagine when there is a less black and white deadline Think of an arbitrary deadline that an adjuster might give you in order to do something. What happens if you miss that? Well, if we can help you when it's black and white, we can certainly help you when it's arbitrary. And I have a case this week that is going to really demonstrate that. So... I have a client who uh, missed some rehabilitation appointments because he was sick, he had a flu shot, um, he had a bad reaction to it, and he suffers from vertigo, and he had a bout of vertigo. So he missed, he missed some rehabilitation sessions. And his insurer said, wait a minute, why are you missing these sessions? We need medical documentation. You have to give it to us you know, in 10 days. And, of course, he does it right away, does it in a day or two. Um, and yet, the insurance company still says, "Well, that's not good enough. You know, we're we're still going to cut off your benefits." So we have a mediation coming up. I can tell you right now, they are going to pay through the nose on this. Not just because of that, not just because they made this arbitrary deadline um, that he complied with, and then they decided wow. that they didn't like the deal. But actually, the bigger issue in this case is, in fact, he had uh, he, he has a mother who had gotten ill. She'd suffered a couple of strokes. And so he had arranged to go down to visit her. He hadn't seen her in about 12 years, and she's obviously you know, not doing very well, and he wants to go down and visit her, which is quite understandable. His doctor told him it was okay, but his insurance company says, oh, no, you can't do that. You need our permission before you can travel. You're not allowed to do that. The policy doesn't allow it. If you're in this position, if you are getting disability benefits and your insurer says that you can't do this or you can't do that, Ask them why. And if they say, well, the policy doesn't allow you to do it, say, where in the Show policy? Me. Show yeah. me in the policy where it does. Because I've looked at 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 this at my client's policy. I've looked at it word for word because policies do vary. Sometimes they're a little bit different. And I've looked at it word for word. And there is nothing in the policy that would prevent him from traveling to see his mother. The only thing in the policy that talks about travel at all is there is a provision that says that if you're out of the country for more than four months... You need to get permission from the insurer in order to do it, which fine, that's in the policy, but that has absolutely no application. He was going down for a week and a half and staying in Canada, staying in Canada. So there's nothing in the policy that would have prevented it or that specifically requires him to notify his insurer first or to get their permission. And yet they took this position and they're going to pay for it. They're going to pay for it because if this ever went to court. And a judge saw that they had decided or, or they would lied to this, this gentleman and told him that he can't travel to visit his ailing mother because the policy says that he's not allowed to. And they can't back
0: that up by pointing to a part in the policy that says that they're going to be in big trouble. Is that one of those things like Savannah's first week that was where, oh, I guess the insurance company says I can't. I guess I can't. They know they're the big bad insurance company and people comply.
2: Well, I I think more often than not, that is the case, especially if they're already receiving benefits. So in other words, if he he hadn't been cut off, I doubt that he would have asked a lawyer whether or not it was okay. He would have just said, okay... Um, I suppose I can't travel because my insurance company says so. And, you know, if I want to keep getting benefits, then I have to listen to them. And that may well, in fact, be the case because oftentimes insurance companies will take ridiculous positions and, in fact, cut you off if you don't comply with whatever they're saying is the case, even if it's not. But what you can do to protect yourself, this is something we talk about every week on the show. Mm -hmm. Make notes. If your adjuster is, if anytime you're having a conversation with your adjuster, frankly, you should be taking notes. But especially if your adjuster is saying something to you that does not sound right, it doesn't pass a smell test, your spidey senses are tingling. Yeah take notes and as soon as a conversation is over you email the adjuster and you confirm everything that was said so that their position is in writing and they can't deny it down the road we had a conversation you told me that the policy says i can't travel i asked you where in the policy that was and you refused to point to a particular provision you write that in an email Nice. either they're going to have to deny they ever had that conversation in which case they're no longer saying you can't travel and you can go ahead or they're going to say, oh, you know what? We were wrong. Go ahead. One of those two things is going to happen. But in either case, you are much better off if you do that and you're protecting yourself. And if you want to go travel because you have an ailing family member, you should go. Simple as that.
0: 1833 In Your Corner is that number. How about that? Ca. Lots more on the way. We'll take a short break and get to some of your email questions as well. Right here on In Your Corner on Global News Radio. In your corner, one eight three three. In your corner, help it in your corner dot ca as well. Global TV show as well. In your corner, Sundays at eight thirty in the morning. So check that out uh, as well. Uh, what else you got going on, pal? So John, over the weekend,
1: last weekend, uh, I was working out as I do every weekend. Nice, being a fanatic. Uh, Twelve hours Jim, of the time, you got it. And, <laughs> and you know, I'm checking. I'm checking my phone, and uh, I'm seeing an email from a lady. Uh, who's emailing me about her sister. She's um, sh- she's a teacher, mm-hmm. and uh, she she has Lyme disease, and she has fibromyalgia, and she's unionized. And her union apparently was trying to help her with her LTD claim, and she was denied, um, as-, as many teachers are. We've talked about this on the show, that a lot of teachers get denied, for whatever reason, long-term disability, and we're able to help them. And so in any event, as I'm emailing back and forth... I realized very quickly that, you know, this happened two years, almost two years ago. And I stopped my workout, which is a big thing for me. That's rare. And uh, I go to the side and I immediately email her and I say, when exactly was the denial, the first denial? Uh, And she says, well, it's coming up in about three weeks. That's the two year anniversary. And I said, you have to get her to call me ASAP. And, you know, that, that. and incidentally, this lady is earning, she's she's in her 40s, and she's earning over $100,000 a year. So just imagine what the LTD amount potentially is. Now, I don't know how debilitating her condition is going forward. I haven't spoken to her. This is just between me and her sister. But you are talking about a claim that potentially has a value of hundreds of mm-hmm. thousands of dollars. And if she misses that two-year mark, and we'll talk about that in a second, she could potentially be giving the insurance company a massive gift, money that is owed to her and her family. So let's talk about briefly that two-year limitation period. James and I talk about Mm -hmm. that all the time. When you are denied or cut off long-term disability, that date that you first get that denial, the denial letter, email, voicemail, whatever it is, the clock starts running from that moment you have two years to start a legal claim. I'm not talking about filing an, a, you know, an appeal. I'm talking about starting a legal claim, which a lawyer can do, which is what we do. If you appeal that denial or the cutoff, and three months later you get another letter that says, sorry, you know, we, we are denying you again, the clock does not reset. The clock has started three months ago when you first got denied. So do not be in that situation where you're calling us and you are late, Let's say you're two years in a day, two years in five days, whatever it is, you could potentially be precluded from starting a legal claim. What does that mean? It means that you are likely not going to recover the money that the insurance company owes you. So thank God that her sister contacted us. We'll likely be able to help this lady. But just be very, very mindful of that. And not just for you who are listening. If you know someone in that situation who's struggling with an insurance company, who's cut them off or denied their claim... Insist, insist that they contact us so that we can actually talk to them about their case and give them their legal options.
2: You know, this is actually something that our friend Terry Corcoran um, wrote to us last week after the show. And he pointed out that it's a good idea that we make the distinction between a legal claim and the disability claim. So the disability claim is when you actually apply to your insurance company for your benefits, and we sort of discussed it in the first segment that there is a time frame that you're required by the policy to submit your application. Now in that case, when you're making the disability claim to your insurer, if you happen to be late, there's often ways that we can get around it. Try not to be late, but if you are, still give us a call. We can do our best to help you, and in most cases we can, but that is a different thing from the legal claim the legal claim is what we do when they have denied or cut off your benefits and we have to bring a challenge to that decision in court and that is where this 2 year deadline comes in and that one is far more difficult to challenge so keep those distinctions in mind okay you always want to do things as quickly as possible but we can at least help you in most cases if if you're late on your disability claim
0: if you're late on the legal claim, you got a big problem. So if you're if you're in that situation where you just get in under the two years, you're looking at money's moving forward and retroactively? Yes. Yes. Nice.
1: If we're able to advance a legal claim, wow. uh, then we're gonna claim not only for the, the you know, for future benefits, but also for the amount of money that you were owed uh, since the moment that you had applied. Uh, and, and essentially were denied.
0: And based on her, that's that's a lot of money. It's a lot of that's money. That's a
1: lot of money. It's, it's a, I'm telling you, that claim, again, I haven't spoken to her yet, but that claim is worth potentially hundreds, if not more, thousands of dollars.
0: And I think it's worth mentioning, I know you've said this before, guys, that in this case, when it comes to disability insurance companies, you can help union people as opposed to the employment side, right? Which but, you do. For as the well. most part, we can. Right? Yeah, yeah, for the most okay. part, we can.
1: And in fact, we find that a lot of unions will tell individuals that, look, we can't help you. Here, here's the problem. Some unions will not do that. Well, what they will do is, you know, they, they will they will kick it around within the union. There's going to be delays. Sometimes they'll try and help you appeal those denials. Oh. And again, those appeals are useless. Well, it's not their expertise. Though. It's not their expertise. And no. and some unions, some union members, they understand that, but other ones don't. And they try to do what's best for you, or they right. think so. They try to help you appeal. And then again, by the time you end up coming to us, talking to us, you may be close to that two-year mark or perhaps even beyond that. And then you can't do anything. And again, remember, this is money that's owed to you. We're not talking about a a handout. It's not a gift. This is money that you are owed. You don't want to be in a situation where you're owed that money and now you can't
0: collect it. One eight three three in your corner. That number, use it. Write it down. Keep it. Help it in your corner. as well. We're going to get to your emails very shortly as we get into the uh, the next segment. In the meantime, we'll take a short break and stay tuned. Lots more in your corner is on the way, and our global TV show as well in your corner happens Sundays at eight thirty right here, Global News Radio one in your corner is the uh, the number anytime, help at inyourcorner.ca, and our global TV show happens uh, in your corner Sundays at 8.30 a.m. If you haven't caught that, do so. It's a half hour, and it's uh, always always good to watch. Dave, we'll get to your email first. I know you just sent it over earlier on today, so we'll get to that right after uh, Savannah's finished with his uh, his last week that was. That's right. Okay, so here here's
1: an interesting one that came through as well, and I'm going to ask James to comment on that, see what he thinks. So, this individual uh, is insured by a prominent insurance company. Uh, He he works as a senior analyst. He's 49 years old. His LTD amount is around $2,000 a month. The insurance company cut him off LTD in April of 2018 once he reached the two-year mark. Now, the first reason they gave him for the cutoff was because apparently they wanted him to see a counselor that would have cost him $300 an hour. I should preface this by saying that his disability is due to depression, anxiety, and and sleep apnea. So they wanted him to see a counselor that would have cost him $300 an hour. His doctor found him a counselor that was covered by OHIP Mm -hmm. that he's now seeing. And then the insurance company said, okay, well, we have another reason for cutting you off, which apparently this gentleman's specialist relocated to the States and he was placed on a waiting list for another doctor. So he's not getting treatments in the interim except for his family doctor. So now that is the reason, again, at the two-year mark that the insurance company has cut him off. Uh, He submitted everything they've asked for. He's appealed twice and got denied twice after the initial denial. What do you think about the fact that the insurance company keeps, you know, they keep changing the reason why they ultimately had cut him off?
2: I'm shocked to learn that there's gambling going on in this establishment. Shocked. (laughs) This is what they do all the time. And we see this day in and day out. Um, they are grasping at straws and they will use anything that they can to justify the decision that they've already made. All they're doing is they're figuring out, okay, we're cutting this guy off. Let's just put the best reasons we can think of on paper and hope that they don't hire a lawyer. That is the technique that is used. Far more often than not. So, you know, in this particular case, you know, the first issue that they raised was the issue with the treatment and about um, wanting him to see a particular counselor. Well, you know, they can't insist on, in any case, on you getting treatment from a particular person. Now, generally, we advise our clients whenever possible, and if reasonable, if your insurer is saying that you should go see this particular person, yes, you should have your guard up, but... If you don't do it then far more often than not they're going to cut you off mm-hmm. and so you have to weigh the risks of saying no because more likely than not they're going to cut you off because of it even if they're not justified and then you have to start the legal process it's far better if you can get the benefits for as long as you can so if you can go and get your treatment from whoever they're suggesting great but in this case the treatment's going to cost him $300 an hour, and that's not reasonable. That's you just it's not counselor. reasonable to ask somebody who um, you know is on disability to be paying $300 an hour for treatment unless they want to foot the bill. If they want to foot the bill, great. That's better. Yeah. But if not, then he should absolutely get treatment from any qualified person who can provide it that's going to cost him less or in this case nothing because it's covered by OHIP. What was the, the second issue? The second reason
1: is that his specialist had moved to the States and right. he was now on a waiting list so he can't get treatments.
2: That's, I mean, that's just low-hanging fruit. That's just a ridiculous position to take. Um, you know, If they want to recommend another specialist that he can go see, great, have at it. But if they haven't done that, it means that there isn't someone that they can get him into, which means that they're in the exact same position as he's in. He can't find someone to see and he's on a waiting list. So what? There's nothing he can do. All he's required to do under the policy is to take reasonable steps to make sure that he's getting the treatment that's recommended. He's done that. He has a specialist that moved away. He can't control where his specialist lives. And if he's on a waiting list to see someone else, what else can he possibly do? There's no court that's going to say he's acting unreasonably, and they know it.
0: They absolutely know it. I mean, that reminds me of a case you talked about a few weeks ago and the insurance company were trying to send that person to a doctor that was hours away, yes. Peterborough or somewhere. It was unreasonable. It was unreasonable. Yeah. It was unreasonable.
1: And, 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 you know, we do find this. I mean, you know, James was laughing at this, but it's it's true. I mean, we laugh at this quite often that insurance companies try to create almost like a moving target for claimants. They tell them, here's the reason why you're not complying. Here's the reason why we're going to cut you off. Here's another reason. I had a gentleman, I think I spoke about this a few shows ago, uh this was a few years back that this gentleman I, I remember reviewing the letter of denial and it had close to 10 reasons for why they were denying his claims and they were all in the alternative and you know if you're an individual getting this letter you're thinking there's no I'm way done. on god's earth yeah. that i can prop, you know i can yeah. challenge them i mean none of these reasons are legitimate but there's nothing i can do and here's the way that we use that to our advantage Essentially, we look at this and when we start the legal claim and fight with the insurance company and they have a lawyer on the other side, we make it really simple for them. I mean, we we, we show how they are essentially using those excuses, right? We're not calling them reasons. They're excuses to shake off this claimant out of a legitimate claim. And if this, again, ever went before a judge, if this ever went to court, how is it going to look to a judge that the insurance company can't even pick? What is the reason why they're denying the claim, right? So to an an ordinary individual, they're thinking it's a mountain we can't surpass. To us, we turn that as a weapon against the insurance company because at the end of the day, if they cannot point to a legitimate reason for the denial, they're going to be on the hook and, in fact, potentially expose themselves to punitive damages, to extra contractual damages above and beyond the policy for making it obvious that they are trying to shake off this individual. exactly. Yeah,
0: 1833 in your corner is the number. Help at inyourcorner.ca. That is exactly where we are going to bounce over to after a short break. Dave, your email is coming up next. We'll stick around for that. This is In Your Corner on Global News Radio. In Your Corner, the phone number, 1833 in your corner. Email is help at inyourcorner.ca. As promised, Dave, your email is up. I'm going to read this to you guys. You can probably uh, both... Comment on it. Dave says, My brother suffers from major depression, anxiety, and a phobia that doesn't allow him to spend time in public. He sees a psychiatrist and takes lots of medications. Despite that, his insurance company said that they're cutting him off long-term disability after four and a half years because they say they have surveillance showing him helping someone move stuff. That someone is me. I was moving to a new apartment, and I asked him to help me move some of my personal belongings because no one else was available, and I had to move, so he helped me for a couple hours. But I can tell you that after that, he was cooped up in his home for almost a month. I feel terrible about this, and I want him to, uh, to fight the insurance company. What do you think?
2: Um, Dave, I'm going to let you off the hook here. So I, I know you're feeling badly, and you feel like you have something to do with your brother getting cut off. You don't. And here's how I know this, and I know this for a fact. His insurance company hired an investigator to do surveillance, And what that means is they are paying money out of their pocket in order to run this file. That is money on top of what they were paying your brother for the last four and a half years. If they decide to pay out even more money than what they already have to pay under the policy, all that means is they've made a decision that they're going to cut him off and they're just trying to gather evidence to justify that decision. They don't like paying out benefits and they've been doing it for four and a half years for your brother. So they're just trying to justify the decision as we've been talking about in every segment of the show. They're looking for the easiest answer that they can find. And if they hire someone to tail your brother around and take video of him, whatever he's doing, I would love to see the numbers, I don't have them. There aren't numbers that are published that show what percentage of the time a disability insurer hires a surveillance investigator that they wind up cutting that person off. I would be shocked if it was less than 90% and probably higher. I don't know, I don't have those numbers, they're not published. But if they're taking money out of their pocket, they're gonna find something, no matter what they see in there, they're gonna use it as a justification. Does that mean that they're correct? Absolutely not. They are not in this case and that's obvious. Your brother is suffering from depression and mental health issues. So it is not an issue that you know, he is helping you move. That's From a physical perspective, it's completely irrelevant. That's not what his issue is. To the extent that they're going to try and justify this at all, it's because you're, you've mentioned that your brother has issues in public settings. Well, helping you move is not really putting himself in a public setting. You know, He's dealing with you, who he knows, who he's going to be more comfortable with than anyone else. He's not putting himself in crowded places, dealing with people he doesn't know. This has got absolutely nothing to do with the issues that you've described that are keeping him from working. This is you know, simply him helping out a family member, which in no way contradicts his disability or suggests that he is able to return to work. It's got absolutely nothing to do with it whatsoever. This is an easy challenge. Have your brother give us a call and let's get something started. There is absolutely no justification based on what you've put here that would say that the insurance company is entitled to cut him off in that circumstance. Anytime you volunteer to help somebody move, you're a hell of a
0: guy. My boy, it's going to be the worst. It's (laughs) got to be the worst. Not something I'm going to (laughs) do. No, disability or otherwise. I just want to mention, John,
1: that in a few weeks we're actually going to have a guest on the show, and uh, that guest is actually the owner of a uh, private investigation uh, company. And he's, he's going to, you know, he, he listened to the program and he contacted me and I'm looking forward to, to having him on the show and, and maybe dispel some of the myths and give people some tips and tell them, here's what happens when I get retained by an insurance company. Here's what I look for. Here's what I'm allowed to do and not allowed to do. So it's going to be a very interesting show. Uh, it's going to be in a few weeks uh, from now. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be really interesting to hear that side of the story from somebody who actually does this for a living.
0: We talk about you know the LTD insurer cutting you off and you got to qualify to, to make it there. And then CPP disability as well. Can that long-term disability insurer force you to apply for CPP? No, no oh, they, they can't. Ca- no, they can't force you. But here's what's going to
1: happen. So first of all, let, let's just take a, 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 a step back. The reason why insurance company, disability insurance companies, ask you to apply for CPP disabilities is because they get a credit for that. Sure. The vast majority of LTD policies out there contain a provision that say that if you get other income, if you get CPP disability, workers' comp, stuff like that they 're entitled to get a deduction for that. so if they're paying you two thousand dollars a month, you're allowed to you're, let's say you qualify for a thousand dollars a month from CPP disability, the insurance company doesn't pay you two thousand and then you get a thousand from CPP in addition you don't get three thousand't no get exactly you get a thousand from CPP disability and a thousand from the LTD insurer. Uh, But here's what happens if you don't actually apply for CPP disability uh, in accordance with your policy. The insurance company may do one of two things. They may cut you off, which we can fight. They're not allowed to cut you off if you don't apply for CPP disability, Uh, but they may do something else as well. Uh, They may not cut you off potentially, but they may estimate what they think you should be getting from CPP disability and then reduce whatever they're paying you accordingly. And I've seen that happen more than once. And so that's a problem. Now, why should you apply for CPP disability? There's a a bunch of reasons for that, not the least of which is that if you actually apply and let's say you get denied, well, now the insurance company can't actually deduct anything from what they're paying you. They don't get any credit uh, for that. But what happens if you actually do qualify? Well, if you get qualified for CPP disability... And you get cut off. Now you have that other income
2: source. You mean if you get cut off of your yes, long-term sorry. disability?
1: Yes, yes. If you get cut off long-term disability, you still have CPP disability coming uh, your way, and, and that's going to help you financially while we fight the insurance company nice. to get you what they owe you. So you know there's a bunch of considerations. We can do a whole segment just on CPP disability, but the 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 short answer to your question is the insurer cannot force you to apply for CPP disability. But if they ask you to apply in accordance with the policy and you say no, they may either cut you off, which they're not supposed to, or they may simply reduce what they're paying you. You don't want to be in that position.
0: Another email is coming up. Help at inyourcorner.ca. The phone number, 1833 in your corner as well. Stand by. Lots more. The show is on the way on Global News Radio. One eight three three in your corner is the number. The email address is help at inyourcorner.ca. If you haven't caught the TV show, Global TV Show, In Your Corner, Sundays at 8.30 a.m. Uh, myself and James and Savannah giving the information over a half-hour span. It's pretty intense and uh, pretty cool and informative. If you haven't checked it out, do so. Uh, the next time we're on email, Lori, you're next, says, I reached the 24-month mark of my long-term disability and now my insurance company says that I don't get any more benefits. I'm 46 years old And I checked my policy, and it says that I should be able to get my benefits until 65. I can't work, uh, which I can't. My doctors have confirmed this several times to my insurance company. I don't understand. Why are they ending my payments? What do I do?
2: Laurie, thanks for the email. So this is an issue that comes up quite frequently on our show and certainly almost every day um, as lawyers handling these claims. What we're talking about here is what is referred to as the change of definition. So I'm going to explain what that means. During the first two years after you become entitled to receive benefits under your long-term disability policy, almost every policy is written the same way and we will say you're entitled to benefits as long as you meet the definition of total disability, which for the first two years means that you can't return to whatever occupation you had at the time you became disabled. After those two years, which is about where you're right now and is a critical point in time, after those two years, the definition of disability or total disability changes and it becomes whether or not you can return to any occupation that you're qualified for by training, education, or experience. So that is a tougher test to meet. Indeed, after two years of receiving benefits, this new test will result in many people being denied their benefits, some quite legitimately because it is in fact a tougher test. But that does not mean that after two years, you automatically are going to get cut off or should be cut off. You're quite right. You are entitled to receive benefits up until 65 as long as you meet the definition. So whether or not you meet the definition after two years, we would have to learn a little bit more about your case, Lori. What we would need to know first of all is what your disability is. What are you suffering from? Is it a physical issue or is it a mental health issue? And we need to know um, what kinds of things you have been trained for. So what jobs have you had in the past? What is your education? What kind of jobs might you be able to do? Once we have that information, we can take a look and see what your doctors are saying about your disability and what you may or may not be able to do. As a general rule, it has been my experience that for the most part, people who are suffering from purely physical disabilities, more often than not, will have difficulty meeting the test after two years. Certainly not in every case, but if you think about it this way, um, someone who has been injured in a traumatic accident becomes a paraplegic. If they have a physical job, they're almost certainly not going to be able to return to that during those first two years. But after those two years, certainly there are many paraplegics that hold um, you know, regular jobs, nine to five jobs that are sedentary, and there's no particular reason if that is your disability that you wouldn't be able to do it unless there were some other issues that you're dealing with. On the other hand, there are people with... Um, you know, severe back injuries that can't sit for more than 10 or 15 minutes that do have great difficulty with that. But when you're talking about a mental health claim, someone who is suffering from um, severe depression or anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder or those issues, that in some, that's something that stays with you no matter where you are and makes it incredibly difficult to hold down any regular employment. Um, and so after the two-year mark, yes, it's a tougher test, but if you are suffering from a severe mental health issue, you more likely than not are going to continue to qualify whether it's before or after. So, Laurie, you're quite right. Your benefits are, do run until you're 65. It's just that there is a new test that is being applied at this point in time, and your insurance company is saying that you don't pass that test
1: and John just as a, as a side note for what uh, uh, James is talking about one of the things that and this happened this this week as well a few times for me that people get confused about and we spoke about this before is the term total disability. Yeah. People see that phrase and they think it means paraplegic. Yeah. It means you're in a coma. And and people have asked me what does that mean? I mean I see the word total. Yeah. What does total mean move. to you? It's complete yeah. exactly. That is not what is meant under the policy. That's what the insurance company wants you to think. And in fact, when they throw that term out there, and it's in there, and you know, you're looking at it, you're trying to ascertain what it means. And your doctors perhaps are thinking, you know, well, I've had patients, you know, the doctors will say that are totally disabled. They are paralyzed, they can't do anything severely impaired, like the gentleman I spoke about who was in a car accident beginning of the show with two strokes, who has a power of attorney. That's not what total disability means. Certainly, those individuals would qualify, you know, blindly. But we're talking about, can you do the substantial aspects of your job? Can you earn two-thirds of your income? I mean, that's the idea. It's not, you know, listen, if you can go back to work and, and all you need is, is just to, you know, to sit down once in a while or to, sit up, you know, to stand up once in a while, but otherwise you can do your job, well, you're not totally disabled. But you know, if you have depression and you can't get out of bed and you, know, you have fibromyalgia and chronic pain and a whole bunch of other ailments yeah. that are going to make you essentially unable to carry out the duties of your employment or any employment beyond the two-year mark, you are totally disabled. And, and, and frankly, I would say more than this. If you are a doctor or a chiropractor or anyone who's treating one of these individuals and you have questions about these issues, contact us directly. Yeah. I've had psychologists call me and email me. I've had doctors do that. You know, we're, we'll give the information out. We'll explain this to you. And you don't have to, you know, tell us anything specific about your patients. We can simply guide you and tell you, here's what you need to know. And, and you know, frankly, we're all on the same team. We're trying to make sure that this
0: individual gets what, they,
1: you know, the, what they're owed from, from their insurance company.
0: We'll do it for another week, guys. You want to reach out to James or Savannah, or a member of the team. It's very simple, One eight three three in your corner Help at inyourcorner.ca is the email address. Till next time, this has been In Your Corner on Global News Radio.